Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 418. On this episode, we'll be talking about uh, our favorite Super Bowl 54 commercials, uh, and then we'll be talking about the series premiere of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, the series finale of The Good Place, and recent episodes of Avenue 5, Lincoln Rhyme, Hunt for the Bone Collector. I had to take a deep breath before I said that. A really long. <laughs> you said to take ninety-seven words. <laughs> and and party of five. Plus, we've got a reality check at the end. Find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com/slash-four-one-eight. I'm Jason, the TV holic from tvholic.com. I'm Emily from mytakeontv.com. And I'm Kyle from noreruns.net. We're back first time in maybe a year i feel like that i've done a podcast with you guys where we're talking about like what aired last week. <laughs> yeah like, i think it's been like six months for us too yeah. <laughs> it feels like <laughs> i i think the last one that we actually did a more regular episode where we talked about recent episodes of something uh is maybe the last time you were you were on <laughs> <laughs> For... Listen, life gets busy. Life gets busy. Life gets in the way, and here we are talking TV. Yeah, I, I mean, I got married and all kinds of stuff in the last six months. So, yeah, I didn't get married, but all kinds of stuff. And I'm just uh, lazy. <laughs> <laughs> No, I got so far behind on TV because I usually use this as an excuse to get caught up on stuff. And I was like, oh, we're not doing a podcast. I guess I don't need to watch that one. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I actually, because like I actually caught up on The Good Place. Like I'd been recording the whole season and hadn't started in on it yet. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I want to watch it so that I can watch the finale at least close to when it if not the night of like the morning after after I get back from work in case there's any spoilery type things I can try and stay away for at least for a short period of time but not still have you know like 10 episodes to go (laughs) before I get to the finale that was interesting because I haven't uh, I haven't binged anything in a while like that's the like I, I watched the 12 episodes in like two or three days or whatever, along with, you know, still watching uh, some other stuff. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll get to that uh, in a bit. Uh, but we'll start out since it was the, uh, the Super Bowl yesterday, as we're recording this on the Monday after the Super Bowl. Uh, we thought we'd talk about... And none of us had any, none of us had a team in the race. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kyle, Kyle doesn't understand... American football. Jason, <laughs> were I'm not out. sure the that Kyle understands out. European or South American football either. Sports ball in general, I, I don't really. <laughs> but uh, no, I know if the Patriots are in there, I'm supposed to like care about the game. I, I know that. But, but, oh. but the most important part here is that the Patriots were not in and that the Eagles lasted longer than the Patriots, and that the Seahawks lasted longer than the Patriots, and that the Patriots... You, you can thank me for the Patriots not <laughs> being right. there, because it was my first ever football <laughs> game I went to, and they, went <laughs> and they lost. You can thank me and my twin brother, because we brought them down. <laughs> Double trouble. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. Kyle and Brett. So, so Amory, though, were you were you rooting for Kansas City? I though, because I was rooting for Kansas City. Because look, Andy Reid made a lot of bad decisions when he was in Philly, but he did deserve this. Twenty-one years as a, as a coach who has what he's going to the national championship four years in a row. Like he deserves this win. And Patrick Mahomes is an unreal football player. And I was very happy to see them come back and, and, and kick Jimmy G's butt. Cause I don't think Jimmy G's as good as people think he is. Yeah. Well, since the, beautiful, since the 49ers beautiful. are I the very Jimmy G tomorrow, I just want to put that <laughs> out there, but I don't think he should have won. So I'm glad he didn't. Yeah. The 49ers are the Seahawk, you know, you know, in division rival, so I wasn't rooting for them. Right. <laughs> so yeah, this would be like if it like in division rivals. I guess it would be like if the Cowboys made it for us. The Cowboys didn't make it. <laughs> the Cowboys <are> terrible. <laughs> oh, I'm alienating everybody. But listen, I'm an Eagles fan, diehard Eagles fan. We have a win, so I can support Andy Reid. If we had never won, I would have been like down with Andy Reid. He doesn't deserve it. But because I'm a true Eagles fan and we won, I can support him. Yeah, so, yeah, go Hawks, but uh, we'll move on to what we're actually going to talk about is the the ads, uh, also known as Kyle's favorite part of the game. <laughs> the only part of the game, to watch. <laughs> where, where he uses TiVo's game skip, where it records everything but the game. <laughs> well, it records everything, but yeah. when you play it back, it, it skips jumps, over yeah. those boring football parts <laughs> and just shows you the ads. Uh, and thought we'd go over uh, each of our, what our top three favorite ads were. So we'll start with you, Amory. What were your uh, top three? Uh, my top three, uh, Post Malone. <laughs> I'm trying to decide if he was going to get Bud Light Seltzer or Bud Light. And when he stands up in the convenience store after he has ruined it because of people in his head and he asks the shopkeeper, you got any pretzels? I laughed so hard when I saw that. I think Posty is hilarious. And that commercial was so good. So that's number one for me. Um, I guess. And I will say that it made me cry like so hard. But the Google Loretta one was beautiful. And it made me just, I was not watching the game with my dad. So I was like crying, thinking about how he was probably crying watching it. It was very emotional. And I thought that was beautiful. Um, and I actually really like Sabra's hummus one. <laughs> so, that so. one, I didn't, uh, that, that was like the B list of celebrities. Yeah. The only one I even recognize really, there are some housewives, but there was Urkel <laughs> was on there. But I, who else? Housewives. Those two don't get along yeah. in life, but I guess they got along well enough to do a commercial together. Because they got paid. <laughs> and they got their foot <laughs> table, so like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those are my three. How about you, Kyle? Uh, so, so for me, I, I gotta go for the smart pack one. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. just because it was just so ridiculous. It felt like a Saturday Live skit, but I don't know. I just... I hate that accent, and I also love that accent. So I don't know. I just had I had to go with that, and the feature looks wicked cool. Like I would want that on my car. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then also the tide one. 
it was wearing on me. I'm like, is this going to go anywhere with Charlie Day and Emily Hampshire? And like, it was like, okay, later, it's going to happen later. But I thought they really stuck the end there where he's finally got his shirt clean. He's now an old man. And then she's like in an ice cream cone and accidentally starts it all over again, like getting ice cream all yeah. over his sweater. So I, thought, so I thought they did a good job of finally bringing that that all around um, at the end. And then I'll go with the uh, Groundhog Day one, the Jeep commercial, with uh, just because nostalgic for that movie. And I like how they worked it in with uh, their little motto, like, no day's the same when you're driving your Jeep. So yeah. I thought they did a good job with that. Yeah, I thought that. I, I thought that one was pretty good. I also like the... I like the tide in that it was pretty well done for, you know, following throughout, like it showed up in, you know, what looked like to be like other commercials and, and things, Mm -hmm. things like that, uh, all the way through. And so that, that was well, that was well done. Uh, but my, uh, but my three were the uh, Cheetos can't touch this. I did like that. <laughs> I just thought that was, I just thought that was too funny because he just he like gets the idea. Oh wait, if I always have Cheetos dust on my hands, nobody will ask me to do anything, and so he just always has it for all these different situations. Uh, I thought that was funny, and then uh, the uh, Reese's Take Five, uh, the uh, Under a Rock. Uh, ad I thought was funny where they're like the best candy you've never heard of and we all at the party I was watching that we were like Take Five is the best candy bar like I love Take Five (laughs) the weird thing was I don't even remember seeing that ad I literally saw it like five minutes before we started doing this podcast I'm like and it fits with the theme of the thing you've never heard of because I've never heard of this (laughs) ad (laughs) well it's funny though like I don't remember it being like it used to be branded something else like it was take five but it wasn't a reese's take five well it was always a reese's product yeah but, but it, they recently made it reese's so people would buy more of yeah, it maybe it's like, like they maybe put reese's them, there's know. reese's peanut butter in it it'll uh, exactly. uh but yeah no that's reese yeah take five uh, is is a great candy bar like i i really like those because i mean i like all those different types of uh, combinations of uh, peanut butter and caramel and chocolate and stuff and so you put them all together with the the pretzels that uh, Post Malone was looking for, and you come up with it. But I that thought, pretzels, I almost, oh god, that made me laugh so hard the way no, he read that line. But I, it was the, it was all the different gags all the way along that they say, but then the very last one that they have the guy walk in with his head up his ass. But nobody says it, <laughs> and it's just a, it's a visual joke. You have to figure out. You have to like notice it yourself. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> because that that made me laugh. That was <laughs> that was the one I thought that was uh that one was really good. And then uh the little Caesars uh sent sliced bread uh ad. Yeah. Uh I really like that one, but also because of the uh as Kyle knows, the running joke that we had at ATX one year of <laughs> that my well, my now wife something somebody said something that was or something happened that was funny and it was one of those times where you're trying to think of like some saying or whatever but you put like the wrong ones together and she goes that's the funniest thing since sliced bread and so (laughs) that that became a thing and so now anytime something 
that's something since sliced bread or something like that pops up. It's like extra, uh, it's like extra funny. Uh, but I did like that the, uh, um, oh gosh, why am I blanking on his name? But, uh, Rain, Rain uh, yeah, the, <laughs> as the sort of like the, the guy that had come up with sliced bread or whatever. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> now that there's a new thing, now he, he was down to delivery because <laughs> Sliced bread wasn't where it was at anymore. Um, I also really liked the NFL Next 100, like the intro commercial that then the kid ran onto the field before they started the game. I really liked that commercial because it was like the top 100 NFL players of all time were in that commercial, like who was alive or whatever. Um, See, I'm looking really at like, I, I'm, I'm assuming these are all football players as he's running and yeah. slapping hands. <laughs> I'm like, I recognize, oh, that guy was on Saturday Night Live last night. So I know he's a football player. <laughs> you know, so I do want to also say he was surprisingly good on Saturday Night Live, J.J. Watt. Yes, yes. I was not expecting much, but he was surprisingly good. Another one of the ads I did like was the early Amazon Alexa. Uh, uh -huh. And like, I loved the one that opened it up where she's like, Alexa, turn down the uh, temperature by two degrees. The woman just throws <laughs> a flaming log <laughs> out of the fire. Oh, oh, whoops. I'm getting yeah. Alexa answering me now. <laughs> uh, My yeah. temperature is now actually two degrees cooler in this house after saying that. <laughs> Absolutely, do not understand the point of the Audi commercial with Frozen sung by Aria from Game of Thrones. Like, I do not understand that why that commercial existed. They were stupid, and also J Lo's Hard Rock Hotel commercial was stupid. And I just had strong feelings about some really dumb commercials. The Mr. Peanut one felt odd. Like, I know it's Maybe not. It's not anything you should ever say. Hashtag something baby nuts. Yes, like it was just like it's like they had this whole funeral thing because they wanted to like rebrand themselves, but then it's like a baby Mr. Peanut. Like I don't know if they're trying to. They saw the popularity. But then baby he's Peanut. also immediately an, a middle-aged man. Yeah, so it was like what that speaks like a dolphin. Like I don't understand what the point of that one was. <laughs> like they're they're well, trying to have all this hype, but then just revert back to their old logo because why would you get rid of a hundred plus year old branding yeah it was uh well it like it hit on the yet i'm sure it was developed and before they even saw that you know the baby yoda like it hit on that oh look we're gonna have a cute little baby mr peanut you know like a, a character uh but then also like the uh you know groot you know, type of thing, <laughs> like growing back from like a small, uh, you know, thinking he's dead or whatever. And, uh, but yeah, that, I don't know. That one was just kind of weird. Uh, although I did like the, I did kind of like the commercials where it was kind of a, a commercial for like the conglomerate. And so they had stuff from like all their products, like in an ad. They had the Mr. Clean and the woman from Modern Family and that, like where everything was going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like the, and the, you know, the, the dancing bear with the, you know, for the, the toilet paper and all the different uh, things in the, in the one where the, like the chili gets launched all over, uh, uh, all over the place. Um, 
but yeah, a lot of, uh, I don't know. There weren't, a, I don't know. I was just sitting there watching and as things came on, there weren't a lot of them. I don't know. I guess I've gotten used to like the, over the years, like the big ad that's going for laughs, you know, or something mm-hmm. or whatever. And there weren't a ton of like funny ones or there were ones that tried to do something like the, uh, I don't even remember what it was for now, but the, I think it was it for taxes or something or, or something. Everyone's a tax player. It was like a big musical. Yeah. Thing. yeah. Well, there was one where everybody was like their just their legs started going, you know, and dancing yep. and stuff like that. And you're just like, is this supposed to be funny or like what is <laughs> yeah. like, and, and then it kind of went on too long. And, uh, uh, I did also like the, uh, uh, the T-Mobile, uh, with, uh, with Anthony Anderson. Yeah. And his, and his mom, his mom was really funny. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, was really funny. when it, when it ends with, <laughs> and it works at the club and she's like, who are you at the club? that one was yeah uh that one was pretty good but uh but there were a lot of more i i don't know the last few years everything gets uh it's more it's it's either going for like more feel good or or some sort of kind of more political statement or something like that or you know with the you know, the electric vehicles or some sort of, uh, there were so many electric vehicle commercials <laughs> or, or, you yeah. know, or something where we're, we're attaching our brand to some sort of, I don't know, thing that's more. Well, there was the Verizon one that was all about like first responders, which had nothing to do with, with Verizon at all. They're like, Oh, they use our 5g network to do all their work. And it's like yeah, trying no. to piggyback after, after heroes to try to sell your product. Well, it's all of those types yeah. of uh, ads that you're just like, uh, okay. Um, I guess the Snickers one was kind of, uh, yeah, was kind of funny <laughs> with the, the you know the, the influencers getting selfies fall into the big hole. And it's like, working. It's, it's, look, it's working already. That was. Uh, now, now, did you find the Jason Momoa disturbing or funny? It was so creepy, but I thought it was really funny when Lisa Bonet was at the end. You can do it. Come on. And then she just like picks up the bar and is like, okay. Yeah, I thought it, it, I thought it was both. Like it was, because, uh, you know, like, but it also almost seemed like not the best CGI effect. You know, yeah, the arms just like, look so fake. There's something about it. Like, like uh, uh, yeah, like, uh, but yeah, it was pretty funny, especially when he like uh, takes off the the hair at the end, you know, or, yeah. and, uh, but yeah, cause it just starts out normal. Like, uh, I'm taking off my shoes. Now I'm taking off my arms. <laughs> All right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Overall, I think it was, an, I don't know. It was fun. It was an okay year for ads, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. This is already the first time I watch ads since last year. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, it's become the thing where it's worth whatever you have to spend to get your 30 seconds or minute ad on the on the Super Bowl because it's the one time where people actually seek out your ads. Yeah. yeah. And so it gets you know way more play than 
if you came up with a really clever ad and you just put it out any other time, it might pick up some, you know, virility, you know, over time or something like that, but not like you can uh, get people to check out an ad just because it was on the Super Bowl to like see what it was about, whether they've, you know, even heard about it or not. But then you get a lot more where people have heard about something and people are actually searching for a specific ad or ads that, uh, yeah. you know, like maybe they missed or whatever. And somebody goes, Oh, you didn't see that one. And, and, uh, and if you get, uh, you know, a really good one, and then you know now they they the start, problem is it's they started doing ads for their Super Bowl ads where they doing you know like the oh they released for, a director's cut yeah uh, like ahead of time like uh, and then you know they get a good uh, a bit where they you know they readjust it for uh, you know going forward and then they have one like uh, like the Tide one like that's one that they created that they can just keep going you know even though it had to right. end in the Super Bowl like they can. They can keep having, you know, they could have him pop up in different, different things and have that ad, you know, keep going for a while, uh, right. type of thing. So that was uh, that was the Super Bowl ads. Let us know what your favorite uh, Super Bowl ads are. Go to tvtimes3.com slash four eighteen and leave it in the comments or uh, feedback at tvtimes3.com and uh, tell us which ones you thought were funny or your favorites. And we'll move on to. The prime time segment. I do have news. Um, it has come out while we're recording. Spinning out has been canceled by Netflix after one season. What was canceled? Spinning out. <laughs> Get you talked about that briefly. <laughs> there's the uh, there. There's all these uh, different. There's some. Uh, Ivy just posted about a show. And he was like, "Oh, too bad this got canceled," and. And I looked at Landon and go, do you ever see these uh, notices of shows that have been canceled and go, do I remember that existing? <laughs> like, you know, There's so many shows now that like you, you see or hear somebody say, oh, man, it's too bad such and such got canceled. And you're like, what is that? <laughs> well, especially with Netflix releasing like six shows a week, like you can't even possibly keep up with them. So Exactly. Anyway, that's the news. All right. And we'll move on to, for reals this time, the prime time segment. We were just trying to delay it just a little bit more. From the... Prime time. Running together. Anyway, leaving it on go. the line. Prime time. Anyway. <laughs> we're going to get right. the, ex if you want the extended cut, yes. go to threetimes3.com slash forward eight and we'll put links to the Amory SoundCloud page. <laughs> <laughs> Get like a band camp or SoundCloud page. To Amory's MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> song playing in the background. You know, remember on MySpace, you could have a song playing yeah. when your friend went to your website? Oh, God. Good. Good time. All right. So, first show we're talking about is uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, season one, episode one, the pilot that uh, played uh, back, well, almost a month ago now. Uh, and it's still two weeks gonna, away. I still <laughs> well, they're going to be re-airing this episode uh, right before the the new episode when it finally premieres. I think on the sixteenth, right? Yeah, with good girls. Yeah, yeah. So still I, a, a couple. It's still a couple weeks away from a 
But do you think it ha- has had any like word of mouth type of people well, talking about it to get people to watch well, it? Their new commercial talked about how it had like um, it was like the the streaming hit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but they're all going to say that no matter what oh, the I'll, numbers I'll are. Um, but I'll tell you what, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I tried I, to find it. What expect? I honestly did not know what would be involved, and <laughs> it was she's so good, and it was surprisingly emotional, and it was funny, and it was I liked the musical numbers and. I mean, we talked about this when we talked about the winter preview, because I'm sure I'm saying the same things I said then, but I just thought it was so good. And I can't wait for people to see more, because I think it continues. Yeah, I had rewatched it just before this podcast, and it's like nearly a perfect pilot to me. Like, mm-hmm. I really couldn't find anything wrong. It's got the comedic bits. It's got the emotional bits. I mean, yeah. you you have... Like this amazing cast, who you know are gonna like you. You, uh, I remember now the last time we talked about this. Say the eyebrows guy. I still can't remember his name. Peter Gallagher. <laughs> Peter Gallagher. Um, I mean, you got him. You got the guy from from Pitch Perfect. Like you know, these people are gonna eventually sing. They do by the end of the 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 pilot. And I mean, you got this great cast. The songs are great. One thing I I did like notice when I was rewatching it this time is like. It's amazing, like, not everyone looks like models. Like, when they have right. that first number when she's de- going down the street, they actually look like real people. It doesn't look like they walked into the big casting office and said, give me all the models to come out and and sing this big number. It feels like actual people that they found on the street that yeah. break into songs. So I, it adds a little more realism to to the show, what's going on. I mean, go to her office and, yeah, you're back to the, the models in the office, but... Um, but yeah, I think they do a good job. Like, I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing more of this. My only fear is that this type of show, like the Eli Stones, the um, right. uh, Kevin probably Kevin saves the the world. These never seem to last that long, a season or two at the most. Although, um, Crazy Ex Girlfriend got like four seasons, and that was yeah, that had some singing and everything to it. So maybe. Yeah, well, this has the like twist it. of, like, you know, there's going to be somebody to try and sort of help or something like that or because you find something out yeah. or or what have you uh, type of thing. I have to say I liked it more than I thought I would because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, going in with just the description, you're just like, uh, you know, and uh, uh, but like the, you know, where the added twist is, you know, instead of just hearing other people's thoughts, like she hears it in, you know, big song displays and stuff like that. But speaking of the realism, the thing that I liked is that all the numbers looked like they were actually singing. And so it made it, it made it seem real, even though it, like it was in her head or whatever. The, that's the, that that's always the part of perfect harmony that bothers me is all the big numbers when they're singing, they're all lip synced. It's them singing, but when you see, but when they try and put it together, it looks fake, even though. Mm -hmm. And so, 
And so it never it never comes off well to me because they're trying to go for like the perfect sound, but then it looks fake when you see them. You're like this. So there's like a disconnect. And so when I was watching this, even though it's sort of an oddity, like the thing's not supposed to be real. Like it's, <laughs> she's seeing these visions type of thing that nobody else has seen, but yet all the numbers and things, uh, seemed more real to me and stuff like that. And I liked it better because it didn't seem fake, you know, because right. the way, the way they recorded all these things is it seems like those people are actually singing right there, right then. And that's what uh, you're getting. Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I can't wait to see more. But yeah, I mean, sh she's great. I mean, you can't yeah. like she easily carries it, uh, you know, and the, you know, and then obviously the storyline they give in the first, you know, to begin things out, like uh, even though, you know, that's where it's going, it still works really well. And uh, it'll just be interesting to see like where, you know, where they go episode to episode, like, right. uh, you know, everything is not going to have, you know, necessarily a super personal connection to her, like, uh, going forward. And so how well will some of those work or whatever? Uh, cause after a while it's got to, you would think it's going to branch out to be, it's not just going to be people, uh, in her right. office or in her, you know, immediate life, that's going to have things that, uh, you know, she's going to hear about and maybe want right. to help with or something like that. So I think I love you. What am I so afraid of? That song was stuck in my head the last couple of days after rewatching that episode. It kept on popping into my head. It's a good song. Related, right. Danny Bongucci is the llama. <laughs> that's a spoiler oh, that's for future in our reality. Spoiler <laughs> yeah. alert for later. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I think we all sort of uh, say it's worth uh, checking out. If you haven't watched it yet, it's available online. And as uh, Kyle said, it's going to replay on its regular night before the next new episode on the 16th of February. And we'll move on to the next show, uh, which is uh, Party of Five. Uh, season one, episode five, Rafa is the uh, last episode that's aired. And uh, start with you this time, Kyle. What are you thinking about uh, the new Party of Five? Well, I never watched the old one, so I don't really have anything to compare it to. But I, I think they're doing a fairly decent job. There's some elements of this, like the uh, they're sharing the grade on me, but um, I'll get to that in a bit. But uh, I think overall they've done a good job, like finding issues for this family to deal with um as they're but also making it feel um modern like with modern like with the whole ice situation and um like this week with uh once they bring the kid to the, the hospital now the social worker gets dragged into their whole situation and they think it's going to be a quick little okay we proved everything's okay but uh, no, this is going to last for a while now. Now that they're in the system, the one there are a couple parts that I like. Story piece of the storyline that I'm 
getting sick of like the youngest not the yeah the youngest daughter with her obsession with calling the parents and now being obsessed with this new girl that the mother is taking care of like that i think it's just going on and on and on that storyline um and then now it seems like like the older sister is like obsessed with helping this this guy that that's working at their at their restaurant and now it seems like she's ready to start getting involved in something illegal like stealing social security numbers to try to help him and this can only lead to bad things so right. uh, like I'm not uh, looking forward to seeing what happens there um but I mean, you can't have this show and have no conflict whatsoever. So I, I mean, they are finding interesting ways to, to bring up, uh, like ways to introduce conflict into the story. Because it would be boring if they're all just happy and living at home. <laughs> no, exactly, <Hey>! exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a it's a mixed feeling. Like it's frustrating, but also I know it needs to be there in order to make the story move along. Right and. Yeah, because if they were happy the parents were gone, Kyle, it sounds like a, a completely different show where, like, the oldest well, brother called that's... Ice on his parents to get them sent away yeah. so that he could take over. Uh... It's, an interesting, it's an interesting distinction, though, because in the first season, like, the first series, they didn't have the opportunity to have someone like, you know, Claudia be obsessed with their, you know, getting in touch with the parents because the parents died. So while I appreciate that, like, this is the route they went, it's a little more difficult for me to like wrap. I love this. I I love the way that they've like done it. It's so different enough from the original that it's not like it's a one for one kind of, you know, translation, which I really like, but having the parents still alive and reachable to me makes it just a little bit different. Like the first series, their parents were dead and they didn't have any chance to get input from their parents and they just ha really had to do it on their own. Yeah. And not like they're not doing it on their own. Their parents aren't there. Their parents were deported. They don't have access, but like the fact that they can call their mother, even though I realize that like it's, they're trying to keep her from doing that. It gives it a little bit of a different, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just not quite the same as like, really having they, to do it on the road. They still have that safety net that they didn't have in the... They could the all go to Mexico and be with their parents. Like, I understand it's about not wanting to go to Mexico and be with their parents like they're American citizens, but my, you know, they could still do that. Like, there's no... If they don't succeed, they can go back to their parents, which is the only thing that, like... Not that I want them to have to deal with dead parents. Like, that's terrible. But it's just... Yeah changes the show i think the kids are all really good i think that um valentina is as annoying as claudia was in the original <laughs> show lacey chabert was oh she was the worst but i think it's interesting because they all kind of like they have the same qualities that all all their like equivalent characters had but i think it's really funny that bailey and beto are like they all called them him bay so it's like that's the only overlap and it cracks me up that they call beto bay and Bailey was Bay in the original one. Um, I don't know. I just, but now because of some of the similarities, I do try and see myself being like, oh, is that the Sarah? Is that the Daphne? Is that like, I'm trying to, because I did watch the original. So I'm like, 
are they bringing in characters? Or is, is this new guy supposed to be the Griffin who, you know, beat up Julia? Like, I'm just kind of like, every new character, I'm like, oh, are they trying to make it a one-for-one? One? So I kind of am still comparing it, but I think it's done well enough that it does stand alone. Like, Kyle, you never watched the first one, and you yeah. don't need the first one to be informed about what this show is. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I watched the original one, but I don't remember it as well as you do, Amory, as, uh, is, is a little bit on the main characters, like, of, you know, how they compare to the main cast, but not, like, other other right. people that are coming and going and remembering, you know, more uh, side characters or other characters that are outside of the, you know, the main five. So far, there's some, I don't know, there's some little annoying bits and stuff like that. And I do like how it's set... Uh, you know, differently and stuff. I like how it's not, you know, given the setting and given what they're doing, that it's not, it doesn't feel like an overly political agenda, like in your face, no, exactly. yeah. like type of thing. Like it, the, the story does sort of, you know, work on its own. It and it does, the story. It's just that it's not, they have to cut, they don't have to cover it every yeah. time. And they're not like, but they're not like whacking you over the head on things. And they even right. gave, and the the one episode where the the sister that was you know said she would help you know Beto, but then uh, you know didn't, and then she tries to go to the teacher to ask, uh, right. you know, and stuff, and the and the the teacher's like, no, there's no, uh, and she sort of gives like the the opposite, you know, sort of side, like, you know, I'm somebody that came here legally. And right. uh, I'm not, you know, giving handouts to, to anybody else. Like that's what, you know, you're sort of the, the people like your parents is what make it or others that make it hard for people that came here the, you know, the, you know, quote unquote, the right way or whatever. Uh, so I like that they, they've done that as well. Like it, but it, but none of those are like just whacking you over the head with some sort of, uh, you know, political right. message because that would uh i think that would kill it for me like if you just felt like you were just getting yeah, smacked would... in the face with <laughs> some sort of uh thing but i think the the story works and for the most part i think it does although i think beto is my least favorite character like there's something i don't know if it's the actor like there's something about it like he doesn't look like he goes with the rest of the family i don't i don't know like he somehow he doesn't I mean, I know when you take a bunch of disparate actors and whatever and bring them together to, uh, to cre you know, create a family. But for some reason, like, he sticks out uh, from uh, from the rest of them and doesn't seem like he, he's, he should maybe, be related. Uh, maybe you've uncovered a future plot line. Yeah, is, is, is that he's not really a fraternal twin with his sister. That he's... <laughs> But I don't know, and the, I don't know some of the stuff that the uh, you saw it coming with the the brother and the you know the girl that he hires at the at the place who's you know too old for him and and whatnot and and all this stuff. But uh, I don't know that one character seems to I don't know bother me a little bit over it. But overall, I think it does does work pretty well. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that's a party of five, and we'll move on to the good place, S 
season four, episode 13, whenever you're ready, the series finale. Uh, so, uh, we'll start with you, Amory. What did you think? Okay. I loved the ending being called. I loved the final line of the show was take it sleazy. I think that's amazing. Um, I don't know. It felt like it was rushed. It felt like the send offs almost came out of nowhere. Like, I guess it's, we're supposed to understand that these characters felt that they were ready to move on, but I just didn't feel like they, I don't know if it was how they were portrayed or how they were written. It just felt like it was too fast or something. It just something, there was a disconnect for me. I kind of had hoped that it would end with them all deciding to walk through the door together. And I get why they didn't do that, where they wanted to give everybody like a, a kind of final farewell. But I, I don't know. I just, something about it felt disjointed. Something about it felt too fast. I just felt like we spent a lot of time with these characters and they rushed them out the door. I did feel that at first, like when uh, Jason was like gone in like the first five minutes of the episode. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. wait." I did did call him not having gone through the door and jumping out from behind a tree. I called that. (laughs) But I was thinking they all would have done that and ended up sitting on that bench until they were ready for each other. And then it all walked through arm in arm, which I think would have been a better ending. But, yeah. But, yeah, I, I was happy to see Jason back again later because he really didn't get enough. <laughs> like, he right. got his perfect game of Madden, and then <laughs> that was it. Although he did get his concert with his dance troupe there before he left. Which, but, yeah. And I love that they were actually really good because he talks about Dance Dance Resolution all the time, but you kind of assume that they wouldn't have been good. Because, yeah, because yeah, nothing else. Jason? <laughs> but they were like really good, and you could see in everybody's faces that they were all like, "What the hell?" I did. I did like how he he basically came back and he became Gianyu after like hanging out waiting for for Janet to come back, uh, so that then he actually did go through becoming the monk that he was pretending to be. I, I mean, right. over, overall, I did. I, I enjoyed the episode. I thought they did a nice job of giving some sort of resolution to them. Like, I was wondering how they were going to deal with Chidi and Eleanor, because how does one of them leave without the Like, how does one of them decide they're ready without the other one? And I, I thought they did a good job there throwing in that thing where she was being a bit greedy and wanted him to stay and then realizing that she was being greedy and he just making him unhappy because he wanted to be there. I, I did also like how he was all, he was like now making choices right away. Like no hesitation. Like when he got to the door, he was like, no, nope, I'm ready. I don't need to sit on that bench. Like that was certainly yeah. not the cheaty that we saw at the beginning. Like he was now like he knew what he wanted. I mean, his calendar was great that he left for for her. Uh, <laughs> when, uh, um, let's see what else. Um, oh, I did like all the random. They brought in all kinds of random other characters and gave them an ending. Like the the gossip guy ran in with his little piece right. of gossip and ran out. Uh, and then you, we also got to see the the obnoxious guy being questioned in <laughs> in the room. He's like, "So I can't tell them they're beautiful, no matter when." <laughs> like, but what if she really would be? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I mean, I, I thought they did a good job of of weaving in lots of those. Like I like the the Nick Offerman cameo as Nick Offerman, and then um, like as yeah, that he was Nick Offerman, he wasn't someone else, which I think was great. And then Mary Steenburgen, Virgin, they they brought in to play like his his guitar teacher slash possible love interest in the future. Like overall, I thought they did a really good job of like there was no like. I didn't know how they were going to be able to wrap this up. And I, and I thought they did a, a very good job at giving closure and like giving each of the right. characters some sort of ending. Yeah. I thought it worked yeah. as to give like uh, Kyle just said, to give each character sort of like their own, uh, you know, ending throughout the, the thing. Uh, Overall, I didn't think the last season was, I don't know, as funny in places. I think the season in general felt rushed, uh, which is lot. maybe why the finale felt rushed to me. Yeah, I don't know. It, it didn't. Uh, I mean, I watched, <laughs> I watched them all in like two or three days, uh, but I. So it was rushed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but it, I don't know. I didn't. Uh, I don't know. I didn't find myself laughing at different things or or stuff as much. Uh, yeah. Different thing. I I don't know if it was because of the. I don't know. I didn't really like. Any of the. Like the characters that they were trying to. Make better, you know. I think that was a point. <laughs> I don't think we were supposed to like. <laughs> well, I know, but the, but the whole thing was like, you liked the original ones that didn't make it in, you know, type of thing. And, but these were like, even like worse versions. And, uh, but I think because of that, some of the stuff surrounding them, like I didn't care and it, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't funny to me or whatever. Uh, some of the stuff and, uh, uh, but I did like, you know, them trying to figure out the new, you know, the new way of doing things, uh, the, the Timothy Oliphant, uh, cameo was fantastic when they were trying to convince the judge, uh, right. and, uh, him as like himself, but also his character from justified, like some sort of, uh, weird hybrid. But, uh, so there were some th things, uh, along the way that, uh, were funny. I thought that the, that the previous episode actually kind of could have worked uh as a as a finale as well like they didn't uh but as this show has done so many times <laughs> uh they they take you to a spot and then they completely and where you go well that could have actually worked what are they going to do for a finale and then yeah you know they have a whole nother uh, uh idea i don't i don't know that i get exactly the uh turned into some sort of uh, sparkly thing that lands on somebody that makes them not throw a piece of mail away and take it to Michael uh, is you know, sort of uh, weird how you end up in the, the universe or something. But uh, I have to say, I did like that of uh, Michael getting to go live as a human and, yeah, and then go, like through the, go through the whole you process. Mean, you mean Michael Realman? 
<laughs> and how excited he was to get his grocery store like discount card. That <laughs> I love that. And go, he wants to go hang out at the hardware store with his friend. I like that. There are moments I liked. It just felt too rushed for me. Yeah. So you, but you felt that way, sort of the, you know, the whole season the whole worked season. that way, kind of. Yeah. Like yeah. kind of, they decided, oh, this is going to be the last, and this is where we want to get to, and we need to get through all of these things. I think that's interesting, considering that so many of the seasons would go five episodes and then completely turn and turn into something else, and there was a yeah, it was a whole new direction for the show, and so that they actually did a thirteen episode arc, and you feel that it's rushed. I think that's interesting. <laughs> No, I know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, That's my feeling on the subject. All right. And now for the uh, next show on the list, just a second, let me... Uh... Okay. Lincoln Rhyme, Hunt for the Bone Collector, Season 1, Episode 3, Russian Roulette, is the uh, last episode that's uh, played. Kyle, what are you thinking about Lincoln Rhyme? I can't believe this is only the third episode in my notes. I put episode five, which is assuming. <laughs> like, it doesn't feel like it's been only three well, episodes. It was off for a couple weeks. Or was it at yeah. least off last week, right? Yeah, it wasn't on Yeah, yeah. it wasn't on last week. Uh, it seems like we've had more cases, but apparently not. Two weeks ago or whatever it was. Apparently not. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I'm wondering how they're going to stretch this whole Bone Collector case out for whatever this is, 10 or 13 episodes. Um, I mean, I guess... again, that they're at the third episode and they've barely touched on it. Yeah, I mean, they just keep having that guy... How are they going to get there quick enough? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, they keep having the guy pop up, you know, as soon as the lady says, like, oh, I'm going to go look at your house when you're not there. (laughs) Like, you know, you're gone, lady. You're you're not going to be around. (laughs) She went for a run and disappeared. (laughs) Really? In short. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah, so, I mean... Like, there's that dark humor, I guess, sort of. But, uh, yeah, so I think I've done a decent job with these. Like, this case I thought was pretty interesting to try to figure out what was what was going on. Like, um, like I, I don't know how they possibly cleaned that apartment that quick. Like, within, like, five minutes of the of the woman seeing the bleeding, the bloody chair and everything. And then all of a sudden she calls the police and then they're there and everything's magically fully cleaned up. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, they, they were all that quiet (laughs) cleaning up inside when, uh, while she was waiting outside. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know, (laughs) but, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think, I watched so many things this weekend. I'm trying to remember if this is the one. This wasn't the. This is the one with the. No, that was a movie no, I watched. No. Sorry, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember what 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 happened in this episode. Um, but 
ultimately they found the girl at the end that had been oh yeah yeah, it was this one with the kitchen island yeah when they they open up the like the okay i I didn't know if that was a movie i watched this weekend or if that was this but i just saw it in my notes yeah um yeah so i thought that was interesting like that they uh like the they noticed that it hey this looks an awful lot like a uh like a mausoleum tile and then decide (laughs) to open up the unique kitchen island you can put that on the on the real real estate listing that uh that you got a mausoleum in the um as a kitchen island but um yeah i think i i have been enjoying this like some of the like they try to do like the high tech like him him watching with through the cameras on her body because he obviously can't go anywhere so i mean they're trying to make it like this fancy high tech almost like we've seen a bunch of those shows like on fox with like these high tech detective work uh, type of things mixed oh, right. with a more standard uh, procedural because they're obviously not using any high tech stuff when they're at the scenes, but like he's back there watching and and doing stuff. Um, and sh- <laughs> that's a long way away. I'm still uh, I'm still enjoying it, um, but I'd like them, I guess, to figure out this more about this bone collector case i mean we're just getting pieces well yeah especially because that's what the whole show is supposed to be about the bone collector it's called lincoln rhyme the bone collector yeah i think well i i think so they you know so they can spread it out like they're going to get uh pieces of clues and uh they'll probably be you know a you know, different cases that they're working like they did this one uh, along the way. And some episodes might have a little bit more because some, you know, a new, you know, a new clue gets dropped off or a new body gets found uh, or something or, uh, and then probably all the way down to where, you know, like the last episode or two of the season or like, you know, more focused on bringing that, that storyline to a close. At least that's what right. I, that's what I would assume. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and then if they do another season that it's Lincoln rhyme hunt for something else or whatever, the, uh, case of, uh, whatever, the, whatever the next book in the, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, seriously. uh, the thing is, um, uh, overall though, I like it. I think the cast, uh, I love Michael Imperial. He's yeah. the nicest man in show uh, works I met him well. a long time ago. Now, do you think she was irresponsible for not telling her sister that they yeah. know their address? Like, why is she still keeping this a secret? Well, especially because, like, she's not telling her her sister why she can't go places or why she can't do things, like why she's being all up in her business. And so it's like, yeah, it like been a... you're doing yourself a disservice by not, like, telling your sister why you're trying to be that way. Yeah, well, the the whole thing was too like after Lincoln. After you finally hear Lincoln's story, like why wouldn't you follow his advice in that situation? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, he, it, he doesn't after, feel safe to have his family around. Why should you? You know, or, <laughs> but it wasn't just. But it wasn't just that. It was that he had lied in the first place, which is why they were really separated. Is is was that. Uh, is that sooner or later they're going to find out, most likely, 
Yeah. And and the, why don't you get ahead of it? And actually, and the, the, it was the keeping it from them that was what really was the the problem, not that they were necessarily, right. you know, in danger. Safe or whatever. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah. But I think it's one of those things that you're not. It's it's like I don't think you are protecting like. You don't want them to be scared necessarily, but they were just taken <laughs> and, yeah. and they are trying to get, you know, trying to get back some normalcy in their life or whatever. But I know, you, would it's think, like, you would think maybe they would be a little bit more vigilant themselves <laughs> because they had been taken. Like maybe they would be a little more aware or a little more different on what they would do in different situations. But I think you would want to tell them, Hey, uh, there's a potential problem. Like you need to, I know you're trying to get, you know, back some normalcy and this person is not, but, uh, you can't just go, you know, just back to life is completely normal. I think that's putting, I think that's putting them in more danger than having them maybe feel scared or something. No, I agree. In this situation. But, you know, of course, as TV goes, like the, it's almost like they had to do it that way so that they can have a problem later on. Yes, this will be episodes <laughs> eight and nine, and then ten through twelve is the final showdown. And <laughs> we're right, we're outlining up the season of. <laughs> uh, but overall, I I like the I like the show so far. Uh, I think it's interesting that uh, uh, two former uh, uh, Grim <laughs> actors are on the. Yeah. On the show in the same time slot on a Friday, uh, on a Friday night, uh, is uh, is kind of funny. Um, is it shot in Portland? I don't think. It is. So that's where they well, they all moved there for Grimm. Yeah. That's, uh, um. But yeah, that was uh, uh, that was that was interesting. But overall, I think it it works. I like. I don't think it's over the top. On the no, I'm on, with you. or but on the technology front, like I don't think there is he get it in real life. Could you have a a cam like that on somebody and it be streaming in Perfect. real time, super <laughs> HD video, yeah. like when you're out in the middle of uh, of uh, of Central Park or something like that? Like right. I don't know what the Wi-Fi situation is in <laughs> in downtown. Uh, uh, you know, New York City, but uh, or like how the you know relays off of cop cars or who knows what uh, they've got going uh, in right. a special situation. Uh, but yet it does seem like something. While it might not work as good as you're seeing it, it's yeah. something I think that can be done. Uh, you know, and so and so it doesn't feel like all of a sudden. Uh, you're watching like some sort of a science fiction or something like that. Uh, uh, it, uh, it it feels a, a little more grounded, just maybe tweaked up to look good for TV uh, type of thing. Right. Agreed. All right. So that's a uh, Lincoln rhyme hunt for the Speaking bone. Speaking of high tech. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. And we'll move on to, Avenue Five, Season One, Episode Three. I'm a hand model. I and, love that title. <laughs> now that I know what it refers to. <laughs> and, uh, and so, 
Uh, Amory, what are you thinking about uh, Avenue 5? The show was insane. <laughs> like, I don't even know what I'm watching half the time. And then Zach Wood's performance of Starman made me, like, almost pee my pants at that funeral. Uh, it's insanity. Just him... <laughs> Him as the customer relations person, the way he handles things, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's, it's, you're just like, why is this person in charge of customer relations? Oh he just pieces out all the time. He's like, I got to go handle something else. Yeah. And the way he recorded that video for her to send to him, and she's like, wait, this is going to him right now? And he's like, all right, I got to go deal with this. And he just leaves her? Uh, yeah, I, I like it where he hasn't actually solved any problem where he was, <laughs> but he's like, I got to go take care of something else now. Uh, <laughs> Hugh Laurie's ever-changing accent is killing me because he like can't remember when he's not supposed to use that accent. And it's amazing. I love that. In this episode, he's like, oh, wait, you don't know, actually. And she's like, I don't know what. <laughs> and then when he tells then he tells her, but then he tells her too much. <laughs> He's like, oh, you didn't know that either. I did it again. <laughs> no, but the previous episode with the funeral, when they... Well, the when funeral they, was when, this week, wasn't it? No, I guess I watched most of them today. You're right. <laughs> when, with the, uh, when they're talking about how the, the coffin is so heavy, I go, oh, this is not going to be... This is not going to be good. Yeah. When it, when it started... <laughs> When it started orbiting the ship, oh my God. and they're like, like it's, it's orbiting gonna, us. It's gonna shoot off, right? It's like, no, yeah. it's <laughs> but then when they, as soon as they're doing the, you know, for the other three, and they put them in the clear light boxes so that they God. can launch them further out. But then you hear back at Mission Control like that they've reset. The, the gravity and you're like oh this is going to happen at the same time that they're going to launch yeah. them and it's not going to work and so now you've got four caskets that are just orbiting all together all in one just and then, orbiting together. and then now you find out that the one that the one where the hand came out and froze off that now the hand is orbiting that coffin that's orbiting the it. ship like it's so insane. I don't know what the hell I'm watching, but I love it. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, I don't know. The, the cast is fantastic. Like that they put together for this. And, uh, uh, but yeah, but like the whole thing of like the Josh Gad as the, you know, sort of like the, the Elon Musk genius, but is also an idiot. <laughs> like somehow. Love him is also like somehow uh, the head of, you know, the billionaire that owns all these, uh, you know, these space cruise ships and stuff. And, uh, uh, but yeah, the, the whole prospect of, Oh, it could actually be six months. And then the guy comes back and says, Oh, I'm sorry, but my calculations actually add six months to the original. Yeah. Calculation. I meant six additional months. <laughs> And how she tries to make you be like, they told me five, but I got us down to three and a half. And they're like, wait a minute. But why, yeah, why three and a half at all? Yeah, I love how Karen tries to spin it now in her new role as their their puppet to try to 
appease the thing. I, I also really like the you got the couple having marital problems who thought they were just going on like a two week trip yeah. <laughs> and now are st- stuck with each other for three and a half years at least. And you know I love it because it's my favorite. I love me some Kyle Bornheimer. Yeah. And Jessica oh, St. Clair is fantastic. Kyle Bornheimer. Oh. Yeah. And he's and, and then then you got like the other guy who's like married to Karen who's like like the nicest like like rallying behind his wife all the time and she's like this obnoxious like <laughs> gossip lady who like he's but he's always supporting her no matter wh- whatever like he's like, like I'm confused but that's what she said like I'm confused as well he keeps giving us this info and he's but I'm like I'm still behind her <laughs> but like in this episode I, I absolutely love the reveal that the whole crew is now yeah. <laughs> these models. And you got the one woman whose job it is just to, to change the color of the lights. Yeah. <laughs> like, but depending but on I, the I do this, I lower the lights. And he's like, what? But I, but I like that the fake captain didn't know that everybody else was fake too. And now he's freaked out. <laughs> he's like, wait. <laughs> and you're like, but yeah, but that's how everybody else was feeling when they hear that you're not the real captain. Yeah. But yeah, that uh, it basically runs itself, but we have a few people down below that have uh, certain things that they have to do. Uh, so yeah, there's some people come to the deck and so he's like, change the lights. <laughs> they go from red to white. Love that. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then you got the one woman who's going to deal with all this on Earth, who's like got the toughest job out of all of them, like dealing with like trying to appease NASA because they need their help. But the, but uh, Judd there is like a complete jerk. As soon as he thinks they've got it covered, he just like insults them. A twenty six <laughs> second delay is. Oh my god! It's. <laughs> That's too funny. It's never not funny, which you think that it would get old, but it's never not funny when they have to pause forever because. Yeah, I got things to do, so I'm just going to go, no, don't go. (laughs) So good. Uh, But yeah, it's it's too funny with with all of that. But then even like the, like the, the staff like leaves the towel and he's like, why it, it's usually folded into like a swan that looks like it. And like, oh, that was, yeah, <laughs> that was good. Uh, but yeah, there's just stuff all throughout. Like it's it's super crazy, but and they keep like expanding the world. Like we learned that the captain has a thruple relationship. <laughs> like it's <Yeah>. just like <laughs> all of this weirdness that we keep learning about all these characters. Like from episode to episode that. Like it just broadens this world even more each episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he's and uh, you know they complain that eight weeks is too long, and he's like, uh, yeah, but you don't mind the money or whatever. It's <laughs> like he's like it's tomato juice. Well, it's mostly tomato juice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the conversations with the with the delay. Uh, that's the first one where it actually like people actually waited. And there was actually a little bit of a conversation between the between the two with the with the delay, because most of them it never it never even last. The scene doesn't even last twenty six seconds. Like nobody can wait, and they just uh, or they say something uh, 
stupid forgetting that there's the delay which caused the NASA problem that was uh that was pretty good but uh but no the the whole funeral stuff that one that one killed so me good. that was it but yeah it's it's completely crazy it's like a weird space love boat where now everybody's caught in a weird that's really like Titanic <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, type of thing. Uh, but even like when you find out the, the fake captain where everybody keeps lauding him for like, he saved the, and he was like, no, I was just there. Like <laughs> when it, when it was happening, I didn't do anything. It didn't, didn't really uh, know what to expect. Like from the show. Cause no, I, I had, and I'm, Still not positive. Like every episode, I'm like, I still don't know what this show is. Like these people are insane. But but there's but there's two or three things that happen along an episode that make you laugh. That you go, mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna watch the next one. Exactly. Uh, exactly. All right. So uh, Avenue Five. That's Avenue Five, and that's our uh, prime time uh, wrap up. Let us know what you thought uh, of any of these shows. Will you be checking out uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist? You've been watching Party of Five. Did you think The Good Place was rushed in its final season? Mm-hmm. Do you think Lincoln Rhyme has too long of a title? <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's a good <laughs> uh, Let us know in the comments at tvtimes3.com slash 418 or at feedback at tvtimes3.com. I'm kind of excited if the fire engines are coming to my house. Okay, no, they're just driving back. They just got very close, and I was like, that's very close on it. Like, like they're um, looking for a fire? Like they're not sure where they're like, headed? Yeah, I don't know. So a little reality. I will say this about the Super Bowl. So we're going to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show, right? I'll say this. Shakira and Jayla looked amazing. They're 43 and 50 years old. They felt empowered. They performed. They're they're world selling, you know, platinum artists or whatever. Uh, if people had a problem with how Adam Levine, no, if people didn't have a problem with Adam Levine being next to naked on stage last year, they shouldn't have a problem with these women being clothed in all the right places. And also, Shakira's butt makes me think different things about. I'm like, I love her. I'd like her butt, please. <laughs> That's my that's my take on the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> How about you, Kyle? Whose butt would you like to have? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wasn't really a fan of this halftime show. First of all, I'm not really a fan of their music to begin with. And then the whole stripper pole thing, I felt like they should have had like a scrolling ad across the bottom. Remember, Hustlers is now available on Blu-ray. So like I I don't know. I, I'm just I'm not really a music person anyway. So I'm not uh yeah, I wasn't really a fan of this halftime show. Yeah, I mean uh, to me I thought it was okay I mean, there there was a lot of good dancing and uh, you know and stuff, but I don't have. Well, I'm not like a huge music fan like you, Amory, but not a not a music fan like Kyle. <laughs> like <laughs> maybe maybe more in the middle somewhere. I don't really have like other than like hips don't lie or you know Jenny from the block or whatever. Like I don't really have like any connection with any of the songs or like, uh, remembering any of them, uh, and, which is 
more recently is what you get is somebody that's you know a big you know kind of a big name that has stuff that you've you know more likely heard as opposed to you know somebody you know new or something uh but uh so i don't know i didn't uh i thought it looked like they were you know especially shakira looked like she was having a lot of fun out there uh yeah and uh you know it i'm still always amazed that uh they can like (laughs) in like about 10 minutes or whatever put all that stuff out there and have it ready to go uh, and then put right. on that whole that whole show, uh, you know, for like twenty something minutes or whatever, uh, and then you know, tear it all down, and they they come back out and play, uh, and it's it's you know it's a little bit of an extended halftime from a normal uh, football right. game halftime, but just the the technology wondry that goes into all of that, and just the hundreds and hundreds of other, you know, of dancers and others that are all worked into it too, as well. And, her, and to, JLo's daughter was amazing. That was her little girl singing and she was amazing. She was the one at the end that came up and sung next to her. Is that, yeah. 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 That was her daughter with Mark Anthony. Yeah, yeah. She was sort of singing the solo front to the like children's choir and then came up and. Right. Mark Anthony wasn't the alley G. No, that guy, was right. That was Jay Balvin, and he does songs with both of them. So, yeah. uh, so that was a halftime show. So, yeah, and then after the game, and... Uh, the only Steph- reason I went to my best friend's house was to watch the Mass Singer premiere. <laughs> I didn't care about the Super Bowl. And I was so excited, and I knew immediately who everybody was. Except maybe and the king. everybody? <laughs> yes. I know the White Tiger, 100% Rob Gronkowski, no doubt in my mind. The turtle, I think, is Jesse McCartney. Uh, the llama, Danny Bonaducci. Miss Monster, Shaka Khan. I knew Lil Wayne before he even sang. And who was else? The kangaroo, I don't a hundred percent know, but I think that Jordan Sparks is a is a good guess. So the kangaroo, I don't know, but everybody else I know. Yeah, well, I don't think I don't think Danny- that one because of uh, there's. In the the spiel of stuff, they they said I've never done anything like this before, and it so, wouldn't be Jordan. And so, if that's to be taken at face value, you can't have somebody that was on a singing competition. Oh, true. Did she uh, win? I think she won American Idol too. Yeah. So, like, I I don't think you could have. Uh, I don't I don't think that works. Or if or you know if that's uh, you know because that's kind of. Uh, you know, you've got to take that as part of the clues that they're giving uh, at least yeah. to me. And so and the clues are pretty good. Like they are pretty good about like them being, I mean, sometimes they're like next week after they hear, like based on how the judges answered, they'll change, like they'll try and give false clues so that it, they make you think that it's like someone, the judges guessed, even though the judges guesses were wrong. Like they did that all last season. Um, but know. also, didn't Lil Wayne say he never did anything like that before? And like well, he has performed sung. in front of Lil people. Lil Wayne is not a singer, and and that's semantics. He's not a singer. He's a rapper, and he sang not well, but he sang. And I knew it was him the instant he talked. Even though they masked his voice, very hard to hide that. 
the way Lil Wayne talks. I don't know. You could have unmasked him, and I still wouldn't have known who he was I know. until I they said his name. How does it know things, guys? Um, <laughs> well, that's, that was, that's no, my ju- case, ju- Massinger. Yeah, I, I'm still not convinced on Gronk, but you you think it's it is. 100% Rob Gronk. out in my mind. <laughs> yeah, like I will go to the grave saying that. If I die before he's revealed, I'll take it to my We'll have it written on your grave. <laughs> it was <laughs> Gronk. <laughs> yeah, so so I haven't I haven't watched before. That's the first time I've watched. So at as they go throughout the season, when they come on to to sing again in the next one, do they give, like you said, they give other clues? Yeah. They give new clues each time. And sometimes they have them bring out, like, a personal item. Yeah. Like, a personal like, item that does something to them. Like, like, Tori Spelling brought out her father's typewriter. <laughs> like, but you obviously <laughs> didn't know who, what, the, well... Everyone but Amory didn't know that that's <laughs> what she was. Oh, listen, I, my best friend, we are so good at this. We always know. We have not gotten a single person. We don't, may not know it right away, but before someone's revealed, we always are aware who it is. We have not gotten a single person wrong. You should be Into- the you should be the Jenny McCarthy pop guru. Yeah, uh, Jenny McCarthy judge. terrible. The, Jamie Foxx, I'm. Jamie Fox had to have been told not to give it away that he knew that was Lindsay because there's no way he didn't know that was Little Wayne. Well, I don't know. I like, Jamie Foxx was I like, like, and the reason Jamie Foxx was a judge is because everybody guesses him all the time. And um, <laughs> yeah, last season there was a fox, and they all thought it was Jamie Foxx. <laughs> it was a little too on the nose yeah. as the fox. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's the mass singer. Um. All right. Next on the list is Below Deck. Um, I just want to say that the men on Below Deck this season are assholes and uh, they all need to be shot. That's really all I wanted to talk about Below Deck for. Um, because they're the worst. They treat Kate terribly. I mean, yes, Kate is being a, a but uh, the men are just awful. That's all I got so it's from not, it's not the So it's not the same crew every season? No. Kate is usually the, the same. And Ashton was there last season, but um, it's not the same every year. All right, so then uh, Project Runway. Project Runway. Uh, I want Sergio. <laughs> I want Sergio to die. Not die. Get kicked off. I, that was very harsh. <laughs> <laughs> you want him to die cloth to make something beautiful and. Exactly. I and then, hate him. And then lose and get go. voted off. <laughs> I hate him. And I want him to go. That's all I got about Project Runway. I hate him and I want him to go. All right, so uh, Kyle, Spy Games. Okay, so this is a show. I now know. Is the it what we thought it was going to be or what we wanted sort it to of. be? <laughs> a little bit of both. So it's on Bravo, and I quickly realized because I accidentally saw some of this below deck while my TV was tuned to Bravo after recording this. And the common theme on every Bravo show seems to be people together in a house or some location yelling at each other. <laughs> and that's yeah. that. That happens quite a bit in this because basically there's all these people that are trying to compete to be like the best spy or whatever. And they're given like these tasks each week. So the first week they had to just go to this party and try to get someone's number. Um, They were dressed up in like tuxedos and dresses and stuff. And 
obviously some people didn't get the memo that this was like a spy game because like there's one guy getting massively drunk and obnoxious and loud has crowds around him taking selfies which of course is what you always do when you're trying to be covert and undercover and uh, like another woman was doing planks on the ground to try to get some guy's number and so <laughs> they obviously like at the end of each task then they pick some people who are in the bottom and then they interrogate them they have like these three experts one was like a cia guy one was like a like a military spy and i forget what the the woman was they they have like these three experts and then interrogate these people and try and pick which one to get eliminated um but basically, after this first test, and they finally moved into their house, and they're given all these dossiers to keep their notes because they have this list of like ten facts about the different contestants, and they have to try to match up like who belongs to which fact. And one of these facts is like was uh, banned from a dating an, a dating service, and it's so obvious <laughs> to these people because there is the creepiest guy in the house who's like so beyond creepy that. It should be obvious that he's the one that is not allowed on any dating sites anymore because he probably creeped out any of the women that they didn't say why he was banned, but it's obvious he should be. But basically, um, some woman stole another woman's dossier while she wasn't looking, and that caused this whole outroar in the house and this whole thing to happen. And then the second week, like this woman who had her dossier stolen, she talked to this creepy guy who said like he knew what happened to her and he was going to get it back for her. He just had to give her she just had to give him a bunch of the names that she had figured out on this list, which she, of course, did. And then he had no clue what happened to her to her folder. And then she made the stupid mistake of telling the judges that all this happened. And they thought she was an idiot for just giving up information. And she, she ended up, uh, I, I think she was eliminated. I mean, she was at least in the bottom. I, I forget if she got eliminated. But their task the second week was like learn how to pick various locks, which I think that would be pretty cool to like learn how to pick like a deadbolt handcuffs and then some other like um like a combination lock. So and so they were in like a rush. They had like a race. They had to get through these three locks after they spent the night trying to learn how to how to unlock these locks. So there is some cool spy stuff, but it also has that obnoxious, like uh, reality show, like screaming and yelling and fighting type of aspect to it too. Cool. All right. So uh, worst cooks in America. Uh, so all I want to mention on this season, they have uh, Alton Brown is the new judge that joins and like he has a team and she has a team and He's just a lot of his stuff is no nonsense. And I love the way that he just like like sometimes he'll just play with the contestants like he'll just taste their food, making absolutely no reaction, whether he likes it or give them any kind of feedback. And like you can see the people are just so unnerved by this. Like they're just looking like tell me if you like it or you don't like it or what's going wrong. And he's just like smiling because he knows that he's like playing all these mind games with these people. And like you can tell he's getting frustrated with a lot of these horrible cooks. But uh, I, I think he's done. A, he's had a nice uh, fun element to the season this uh, this time around. And then lastly, uh, brain games. Yes, so they rebooted Brain Games. Um, like, it'd been off for a few years, but now, like, the new season, they're bringing back all these... Like, it's a new format. It's hosted by um, Keegan-Michael Key. I think that's who it is. Uh, he's, like, the new host, and so they have, like, a celebrity guest each time, so it's much more of, like, a 
like a stadium style where they're doing all these things in front of a large audience where before a lot of it was like these um, small, intimate, like pre-recorded segments with the host. Um, so it's it's a different atmosphere, like where it's like this huge present, like huge presentation. But I found it a lot of fun. Like I had Dax Shepard and Kristen. I can't think of her name. Uh, the one from The Good Place. Uh, Kristen Bell. <laughs> Kristen Bell. I'm horrible with names. Uh, they had them the first week and then they had um, they had 10 dance in the second week and they had a, a football player. Don't even ask me his name the the third week. Um, and so and they also have this amazing mentalist guy who's on most weeks who I don't know how he does it, but he always like he he wins uh, like at the end of each episode. They have the people go through this gauntlet of tasks, one of which is like rock, scissors, paper. And this guy like wins every single time. He can sense like what they're what they're gonna do, um, and then also he does these other amazing like mental tricks that he knows what people are gonna write or say or like the football guy. They had him throwing at different numbered targets, and the guy guessed every single time which target he was gonna be going for. Uh, and there were like seven different targets, but he guessed all like seven numbers in a row. And all those numbers happened to be uh, like the host's birthday spelled out, which was just weird. But somehow it all worked out. Um, so I, I'm really enjoying the new season of that as well, even though it's it's definitely a different format from the from the old show. All right. That'll do it for the uh, reality check and for the episode as a whole. Uh, as always, you can find uh, links in the show notes uh, at tvtimes3.com slash 418 of where you can uh, get in contact with uh, each of us and also leave a comment on your favorite Super Bowl ads and what you're thinking about the uh, shows we talked about in prime time. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Party of Five, The Good Place, Lincoln Rhyme, and Avenue Five. What's Lincoln Rhyme? I haven't heard of that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the shortened version of the, uh, you know, so uh, let us know what you're thinking about those shows uh, and also uh, what shows you'd like to hear us cover uh, here at TV Times 3. And thank you, Amory and Kyle, for joining me on episode 418. Thanks for having Thanks for me. Having.